Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hello, and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily, a writer. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two type 1 diabetics trying to live our best lives. It's not always easy with the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here. And Miriam. (laughs) This week's very special guest is none other than Ariana Frere of at... Ariana Freire on Instagram. <laughs> Welcome. Also known as Cup of Joe. A Cup of OJ. Cup of oh my God. We're losing it today. You guys. I'm going to introduce myself. Hello, everybody. <laughs> my name is Ariana Freire from Cup of OJ, the blog. But you can find me on Instagram at Ariana Freire. <laughs> We're laughing because we've recorded this intro many times, listeners, so bear with us. Honestly, I can't. I'm like physically crying right now. Let's just roll. I feel like we can just roll with it. It just doesn't help that neither one of my first name or my last name isn't. I mean, they're not, it's not super uncommon, but it's not like, you know, something that everyone knows how to pronounce. No, and then, the, the thing is, it's it's not you, it's me, okay? <laughs> it's not, but then, I swear to God, it's me. Ariana Grande just ruined the chances of anyone pronouncing my name the way it's supposed to be pronounced. So I just, you know, it's whatever. It's, uh, <laughs> if, if you're just now tuning in and wondering why I'm hysterical, it's because it's 2020, but also because we recorded this intro like three times, as Miriam <laughs> stated. So the real reason why we're all here is not to listen to me babble on for once in our lives. It's to listen to Ariana and be uh, Pancreas Pals and happy National Diabetes Awareness Month, everyone. Um, a little note, we are going to be doing some fun things on our Instagram at pancreas underscore pals, shameless plug, this month. And you will see a cup of OJ herself, Ariana, on our Instagram. So be on the lookout. And we're excited for all of the – do you guys say NDAM, National Diabetes Awareness Month? Like what is the go-to for that abbreviation? Honestly, I mean, every single time I say it, I say Nevada Diabetes Awareness Month. And then I have to <laughs> – because – the Nevada Di- or the Nevada Diabetes Association, the NDA, oh. is you know what we have here, and that that's the who put together the camps that I used to go to when I was younger, and we just that do a does lot get with them. tricky. Yeah, it and so in this top secret. Away. Get it? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself. Um, no, it's like the lawyer in my family, as in like everyone. I just think NDAs are so funny, and the fact that you have the nda yeah Yeah. also like ndam as we know it now feels like it's kind of this trendier thing that's occurred since social media became a thing yeah like i never thought about it much maybe i'd be aware like oh like november's like diabetes awareness month like i never thought about it much but oh my god i cannot speak today um until until, like the last like three years all of a sudden it's really in our face oh yeah we're like oh yeah get the content ready this is like our super bowl it really it truly is but i do 
want to say a little disclaimer for anyone who uh, is a little burnt out with social media or with diabetes and the culmination of this month might be a little too much for you guys. This episode is not specifically about National Diabetes Awareness Month, and mm-hmm. it is also completely valid, especially this year, to be feeling like you might not want to participate. So whatever you feel is right for you is right for you. Absolutely. And don't let anyone make you feel bad for not participating or for participating. You do you, and we support you 110%. Yeah. And actually, speaking of that, I believe our episode about burnout was this time last year because I was feeling like I can't talk about Diabetes Awareness Month anymore. And so we ended up doing like a burnout episode around this time in 2019. So if you're really excited to listen about burnout, check out last year's episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Miriam, I think that might have been like one of your first ever natural like plugs, like that you were like, I know, right? That's always fun. Yeah, that was, this was big for me. Oh, wait, I can plug uh, Ariana's, not, you know what? I'm just not going to say your name anymore. Um, I can plug her episode. I'm just going to call you her. Basically, I sound like a bully. Maybe I am a bully. Maybe this is a reckoning for me. Um, but it doesn't matter it, how you pronounce my name. I will respond. I mean, the thing is, like, as a twin, I'm used to being called the wrong name. And I just feel I can't do that to other people, you know? Like, I just, I can't I never uh, had... project my identity crisis onto yeah. someone else. It's weird because I never really had a nickname either, it, which you would think you can easily shorten my name. Some people call me Airy, but I think I just wanted that to work when I was younger, you know, when everyone had a nickname. But I was like <laughs> I one like of the that. people who tried to force a nickname, so it never <laughs> Nothing ever stuck. But I think that was just the only child in me, just like grasping at like the sense of belonging. But <laughs> retweet, retweet. I, I you know, I hear it, I respect it, I empathize and sympathize, except I'm much more of a middle child than an only child. <laughs> um, even if it's only by twelve minutes. But those who know me know. Um, but so just to, um, just to kick things off in our usual manner, aside from the fact that this has already been such a more manic episode, uh, more manic than usual, um, let's, uh, do a little overview, a little highlight of your diagnosis story because you were on before and you did share it. So I won't make you go through the whole thing again. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was diagnosed when I was 10, so it'll be 17 years, um, this month, actually I was what day? I think it's the 18th. Uh, yeah, the 18th I was diagnosed um, in November. So it was a week before Thanksgiving. Um, I lost like a whole bunch of weight. I was drinking a lot of water. My mom called my aunt and was like, hey, sums up. She doesn't look herself. She's not acting herself. So um, we went to the emergency room and I was um, sub- admitted to the hospital for four days before Thanksgiving. The only questions I had were if I was still able to eat KFC popcorn chicken. (laughs) Nice. Um, These are the important questions. I respect that. And I only watched Disney Channel the whole time. I remember watching like double teamed in the hospital. Oh my God. Yes. And my parents were sticking an orange with some syringes and I was like, I don't know what's going on anymore. So (laughs) yeah. Well then, you know, ever since then I'm, I always kept my uh, diagnosis, or I, I don't know, I didn't really like to talk about diabetes. I always thought diabetic kids were weird when I was younger. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think that this is a theme that Miriam and I bring up literally in every episode, <laughs> but um, the differences in, in the stage of diagnosis, I mm-hmm. think really, you know, highlights the differences in the way people 
have in people's relationships with diabetes because mm-hmm. I don't shut up about it, but I think that's because I've only had it for six years and it's like a big part of me trying to cope. Oh, yeah, Whereas totally. a lot of people I know who've had it for like, you know, 10, mm-hmm. 15, Miriam, how long has it been for you? 24. But I think it's more about, yeah, like the stage of less so about how long you've had it more so about the stage or the age you were when you were first diagnosed. Cause I was similar. I was six years old and like, sure, I went to diabetes camp and I always had that connection with people. But maybe in Ariana, maybe you feel similarly, but I felt like I was able to compartmentalize it very well. It's like, okay, well, I know people with diabetes. I have this diabetes world, but for the rest of my life, I'm just like a normal kid who happens to have diabetes. That's exactly what I thought of myself as too. I like never really put it on social media. I was like, okay, well, I'm just diabetic and that's fine. And like, Mm -hmm. I know how to count carbs and I really wish the kids wouldn't look at me so weird when I'm eating my mini muffins in school. (laughs) Yep. But but other than that, like I just, you know, and I'd tell like my friends or like whatever boyfriend I was dating at the time, you know, and, and whatever. But it wasn't until really a few years ago on social media when I, I think the first person who I discovered that had a diabetes account was Gretchen. Um, type yeah. Of happy. Mm-hmm. And she, I just remember seeing how colorful she was posting about her diabetes and how she, honestly, she looked just like me. And I was like, wow, she's my age or similar age. And I just, I was like, I could totally do this and I should embrace this too. And, and helping having a great support system, which is what I mentioned actually in the other episode of, um, I think that Adam was a really good, my boyfriend, Adam was a really good, um, inspiration to start posting because, which I know it sounds so silly and I could have come to this conclusion on my own, but to have like a supportive partner that doesn't view you as, you know, as your chronic illness as something that hinders you in any way, it gives you a lot of confidence. So, mm-hmm. um, it really does. Yeah. That, that mixture combined, I was like, you know what? I think I will start posting about my diabetes because, <sighs> God knows I love social media. So. <laughs> I'm actually before like social, like it was at the beginning. I mean, I was going to say, I, social media. go ahead, Miriam, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I feel like you and cup of OJ was one of like the founders of this diabetic online community. You know what I mean? That's how I viewed you. Cause I think when I started getting into this like diabetic online community, you were all over the place or like everyone I followed, followed you or would like we share your stuff. So I actually look at you as one of the like original. So I'm like so surprised that you're like that it's only been a couple years. Wow. That's awesome. Thanks for saying that. I can feel you blushing over the interwebs. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I, I love that because I'm definitely working to, I hope that someday my blog is much more than a blog and it becomes my full-time business that I can, branch out with, uh, with different avenues, um, you know, into the future. And it, so it makes me really happy that you say that, but yeah, I, this social media, man, and just posting everything. It's, mm-hmm. I've just gotten so passionate with it. I love the online community for so many reasons. It's, it is nice going on, you know, turning on my phone and being like, Oh, someone else is having a bad blood sugar day or like, Oh, I totally <laughs> know what they're feeling. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's so refreshing. So I love that. Oh, good. Um, just a little shameless plug here for anyone who wants to hear Ariana's entire diagnosis story and her story about meeting Adam and dating with diabetes, head to season four, episode 11, wearing our pancreas on our sleeve. Um, that was one of my Great favorite title. episodes. Thank Aww. you. 
I'm, we, we chatted all about dating with diabetes, and I think this is something that we get – it might be our most requested topic, no matter how mm-hmm. many times we cover it. People, no matter your sexual preference or gender or age, are just craving that um, – the experience, like being able to talk about it and the anxieties that go along with having a chronic illness and Mm -hmm. disclosing it to someone that you're dating and, you know, seeing people having successful relationships with it and bridging all these gaps. And I think that that episode really resonated for obvious reasons, but also because you and Adam are so damn cute and um, number one fangirl over here. But um Seriously, go to Ariana's Instagram and see all their adorable costumes that they have done over the years for Halloween. It it will melt your heart. Like seriously, it, we, it's so creative. Oh yes, you, you are we good all, at the costumes. Thanks. Honestly, it's something about dressing up and being extra. It's just in my blood. Anyway, <laughs> if if you do end up listening to the first episode and you like how Adam sounds or whatever. I uh, I have a blog post with him on cupofoj.com that's actually an interview with his thoughts on dating a type 1 diabetic. Which, oh. Pretty great example of, you know, just a, having a supportive partner. So that's also there. Ugh, <laughs> love it. I feel like we should have Adam, Matt, and Steve just like host their own <laughs> episode one day because Matt and Adam, like the way that they cope well, not the way they cope, the way they support us. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, Steve, but Steve's your husband, so it's a little mm-hmm. bit different at this point. Miriam, sorry, I said it. It is what it is. It's a little husband. bit different. Uh, husband. Husband. I'm so sorry. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, <laughs> when, I know, I know, I hate me too, but when, um, with the way that you were describing, and obviously, like, that episode was before I even met Matt. Mm-hmm. But the way mm-hmm. that you were describing how Adam would like bring you a cup of orange juice when your blood sugar was low and you maybe didn't even realize it was low yet, but he knew like Matt does the same thing for me, which is great. Um, but like it's kind of one of those things that you know, like when someone's a keeper. Mm-hmm. The reason why I was different, I did I, the different thing is not that you have a husband, it's that your husband's a doctor. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I think it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, even though every episode now I just remind everyone not every doctor is an endocrinologist but it is uh if anything that's he's a starting level, at a different though. level yeah he, no, yeah. I think he gets exactly I think the, <laughs> the biggest difference I actually noticed if, and I don't we might be getting off on a tangent but the biggest thing I've noticed between Stephen who is a doctor versus other people I had dated in the past who weren't in the medical profession is the the extent of like alarm that they feel if my blood sugar is low or if it's high where Steven has a very calm demeanor and it's not that he doesn't <laughs> care I think he just acknowledges like okay like I got it you're not gonna die right now whereas I think other people they're still a little like uncertain at least you know that that was my experience so Steven's like calm and like very quiet like this easy way of dealing with it was very refreshing to me yeah like he knows he, I mean, he is educated in how to treat, like, basic things, like, m- maybe not that level, but, like, he knows that you know because he's dealt with patients that have chronic illnesses and know how to take care of themselves. Like, there's just a level of understanding that you get from someone who's uh, who's not only your partner but who's also a trained medical professional. <laughs> True. But can I also say, like, somewhat recently, like, someone in my circle of people from college, um, they had told me the story of how – they, you know, 
very, very well-controlled type 1 diabetic, but they actually, their significant other had to use the glucagon on them recently, just like one of those fluke things, never expected it, but their significant other had to use the glucagon. And I kept thinking, oh my God, like how grateful that like they knew what was going on. They knew to get the glucagon. They were able to do it. Everyone is okay. You know, no emergencies. But I turned to Stephen after I like told him this story and I was like, do you think you'd be able to like figure out the glucagon? And he's like, I'm sure I could figure it out, but I've actually never like paid attention to it. So that was the first time <laughs> I was like, oh damn. So I like got the glucagon. And I was like, let's look what this is. Thankfully, I now have the, um, can't Back pronounce simi. it, Baximi. Yeah. So it's, it's oh, yeah. super easy. It's just like mm-hmm. the now there's no excuse. Now there's no excuse. But I it, it was the first time you I was like, have maybe, access to it, I should say. Yeah. I was like, yeah. maybe we should like look at this and like read the instructions just so you're aware of like how to how to put this in my nose. And so That's that was so that. Funny. But, we totally have <laughs> Adam used to just pull it out of the drawer every once in a while and be like, okay, step one <laughs> would be taking it out of the package and then putting it, you know, like I just love going it. through it step by step in his head. <laughs> yeah, Matt would be like, wait, I need to see this again. Whereas like Laura, who I live with and who is my twin sister, will be like, oh, shoot, I forgot to watch that video you sent me two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, cool, I literally live with you and like, I can't. But anyways, we're, uh, I'm going off on my usual. Yeah, we got off the no. um, Moral of, check out that episode. Learn more about Adam and the uh, the A team that I want to start calling you guys now. Um, oh my gosh, get it, Adam and Ariana. That's yeah. Amazing. Oh so my god, cool. love it, love it, love it. Um, love your love. But moving on. So yeah, do it, do it up. But I am a big fan of your Starbucks beverages, but yes. also your alcoholic beverages. So this is going to be the rest of the episode if I have anything to say about it, will be 21 plus. If you're in the U.S., if you're outside of the U.S., do it up, live your life. Um, I guess the age is usually 18, but I'm not your mom. So <laughs> I'm super into your low-carb cocktails, and I kind of want to just start dipping our toes into some of your autumnal cocktails, if you will, and what persuaded you to start sharing these delicious recipes. Yeah. So um, for those who are unaware, on my blog, cupofoj.com, I post, I've done it this whole year, I've been posting a monthly cocktail that is low carb. So it's essentially a twist on a regular cocktail. I'll probably add some um, other elements to it, but it makes it a lot less Carbohydrates. <laughs> yeah, a lot less carby, basically. Which, you know, when mm-hmm. you go to a restaurant and you More predictable. a cocktail and a cocktail mm-hmm. and a cocktail, yeah, you know that there's probably a lot of sugar in it. You don't know exactly what's in it. And especially with COVID-19 and the quarantine that we've had to be in for the whole year, it's so much more fun making your cocktail at home low carb. So you don't really have to worry about your blood sugars when you're drinking it. So it's been really fun to try to figure out cocktails every month and fill my bar cabinet with way more spirits than I have ever needed. (laughs) She's got um, great guys. I have to. I hate myself. Continue. (laughs) But yeah, I've had so much fun with it this year. Um, I've actually gotten to partner with a local vodka company that just started here called Vegas Baby Vodka. Um, Oh, yeah. You yeah. get those partnerships. I know. We also, one of my favorite liquor stores in town, um, I have a partnership with them. So anytime, you know, for every month, I'll go to Top Shelf Wine Spirits and, you know, talk to the owner and he'll recommend like, oh, you know, this would be so good in this drink. And 
So that's been so helpful. But yeah, my autumn cocktails, I just put out three October um, low carb cocktails, but they're called Octails. Uh, yes. Too Just good. Um, and they are three different ones. I actually paired with um, Kira from Balance and Bolus. So she does a lot of recipes on her blog. And so we thought how fun would it be to create a fall um, cocktail and recipe pairings. So we did three of them. And just announced it on Instagram. We like dressed up as Beetlejuice and It the Clown, and it was just way. <laughs> it was over so the top. cute, <laughs> and it but, looked beyond delicious and like the ultimate brunch experience between the cocktails, the pancakes. I was like, sign me up. Yeah, I don't know how she does it with those recipes, but they always look so good. So every single cocktail that I made has a um, recipe pairing linked in my. Uh, blog post but so the first one we have a maple pumpkin pisco sour so um pisco which i actually wasn't aware of before this month is a uh chilean well this specific one is a chilean brandy so it's a clear brandy which is a little different um and i've never had a pisco sour so making it i basically made it a low carb seasonal twist on the classic mm-hmm. pisco sour and it was so good it's um has some fun ingredients in there it's topped with any any drink with egg whites i'm like well it's delicious but it's weird <laughs> it always sounds weird thinking about until that you drink day. it but the, it gives it this weird so like good. creaminess yeah it's yeah, like a perfect addition. yeah yeah the and froth. usually like I have so, so my mom's a chef. Uh, hi, mom. I hope you're listening. Love you. Um, my mom's a chef, and I always ask her. I'm like, how can you ingest egg whites like uncooked? I just don't understand. Like whatever. And she like always it. tells me the answer, and I never remember. So for those people listening, if you know, let us know. But I think usually the alcohol like cooks it or does something where it like. Just about to say that I wonder if the alcohol like cuts whatever could harm you, but I'm totally making that up. Maybe the maybe it's the yolk. That's what I'm wondering. But hold on, I'm. Well, you can this. eat like raw yolk, yolk, you know, for like a. Well, because some people eat eggs raw for health. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, when yeah. our when people say like, "Oh, you can't eat raw cookie dough," they've just been lying to us. Well, I think the I think the salmonella comes from something other than the eggs. Someone told me, but that could have been a total lie. Mm, that sounds right. I'm it's googling, but honestly, it. there's not like a 100. <laughs> Maybe I should pitch this for Martha. I should. This is going to be my pitch for this. Why can we drink job. raw egg whites? Um, but I, yeah, so I have this blog post open now because I'm like looking at all of these cocktail recipes. And so I think, like you said, you make them low carb by using these, these like either low carb or no carb maple sugar or yeah, maple syrups, excuse me, and stevia, simple syrups. And so, you know, comparing it to the real guys, you, you feel like these are good, good alternatives for us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So simple syrup generally has... So let's see, for a, that's wrong. Okay, for simple syrup, it has so many carbohydrates. It's around like 30 grams, I think. So it's like a cup of sugar with like a cup of water, right? It's like so much sugar. Yeah, and so me personally, I like, I don't like to waste my carbohydrates on Mm -hmm. my drinks ever. So that's why I prefer lower carb things. And if I'm, if I'm not going to get a beer, I would prefer a lower carb cocktail. I micromanage every single bartender if I'm ordering a margarita mm-hmm. to make sure that they're making it like 
with a little bit of agave, no, you know, margarita mix. I don't want it. <laughs> and I found some really creative ways to add sweetness to drinks without adding a lot of sugar. So mm -hmm. one of my favorite ways is making stevia simple syrup, which is so easy to do. And you could do it right on your stove. You just and you make it you yourself. Yeah, you do it on the nice. stove or you can be a little lazy sometimes like me and just throw some stevia in a microwaved cup of water and stir it around and you have <laughs> yourself some stevia simple syrup. And you can totally make big batches, keep it in the fridge and mm -hmm. save it for like your upcoming cocktails throughout the week. Um, I love it. That's yeah, amazing. I also am a big proponent of topping your drink off with a... Um, LaCroix or a sparkling water. Oh, I love mm. sparkling. I love seltzer. Seltzer is a way of life. Right? Because it gives you some bubbles. It gives you a little flavor, but it doesn't give you any sugar. Mm -hmm. And then now that the winter is coming, and so we're getting into a lot more spiced, warm, autumn, winter drinks. Um, the I think it's the Lakanto maple syrup or any of their syrups. So it's basically a... Um, I believe they, yeah, they use the, the sugar, uh, it's not stevia sugar, but it's right now. monk fruit. Oh, monk fruit. fruit. Mm -hmm. So that is also, I mean, it tastes similar to maple syrup and it tastes great. It's a perfect replacement for, um, for, you know, sweetening a drink for the mm -hmm. holidays. So you're going to see that a lot in my upcoming um, November and December ones too. Oh, and I actually haven't announced this anywhere else yet. Oh my God, here, here exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, there will be a, stay tuned for another Cup of OJ cocktail challenge. Oh, hell yeah, sign soon. me up. I think that we should all all of our listeners listening within the United States, or if you have any, um, I don't know, if you've been following anything that's been happening in the United States, uh, should definitely kick back with one or four of these uh, lovely cocktails this Tuesday yes. and um, drink drink to a happier 2021. Fingers right. crossed. Well, I uh, guess I should probably say what the Cup of OJ cocktail challenge is. Yes. <laughs> so... Earlier this year, um, I believe I did it in April. So it was kind of like at the peak when everyone was quarantined. We're staying home. We have not a lot of things to do except, you know, work. So we're doing puzzles. We're making sourdough bread. We're mm -hmm. watching Tiger King. Um, I was like, okay, well, what's one thing that people will probably want to do right now? And, you know, make yourself a cocktail. So I made a full challenge. Um, make yourself a low carb cocktail. You can either, I, I put out three new low carb cocktails that month. You could either make one of those or you can make, um, any low carb cocktail with the ingredients in your house. Mm -hmm. So I left the challenge open for about a month. I had so many people make them. I had like a whole full highlight of all these different recipes. Cause every time someone would post it, I'd add the recipe to my page, um, and the winner, I think we gave the winner like a hundred bucks, um, just, you know, for saying thank you for being in it. And I figured 
I bet at this time where everyone is getting laid off, someone could use a hundred bucks. So hundred percent. It's a nice way when we're all isolated and we're all kind of at home, but together, and it's a way to drink responsibly together. So you don't, you're not yeah. drinking alone. I love it. <laughs> exactly. It was so much fun. So I'm excited to do it again. Stay tuned. And I loved seeing everyone's um, everyone's drinks, and especially like it was right when we were kind of starting to warm up here up north. Um, it was. It was right when the seasons were changing mm-hmm. and seeing all of those frozen margaritas everyone was making, it just made me feel that much better about <laughs> heading into the next few months of this. So right. I think it was a great source of happiness and joy, regardless of, I think some people even did some mocktails too, right? Yeah, I think so. So like, you don't have to drink to be a part of the challenge, mm-hmm. but we're all about that cocktail life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Team but yeah, so I my I have a request for you and for or maybe I'll create one and um ask to not ask you. I'll create one and I'll send it to you. But I'm like really into the hot drinks now, the hot Ooh, cocktails mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's starting to get very cold over here and I know that in Vegas you probably aren't feeling the same thing. <laughs> um, but I've been like craving an Ariana recipe for a hot toddy or a hot um cocktail of some sort so okay well stay tuned you know uh you never know what's coming uh this november fingers crossed (laughs) she's like emily stop i already have like five in the works no actually i don't have one for november so because i've been getting i've been really getting into it um matt and i have been like making drinks and stuff here and there although it is a slippery slope (laughs) with uh all the all the I don't know. I feel like I'm back in college and like the freshman 15 with drinking. Oh, so the low carb cocktails are definitely a, a good route for yeah. me. Well, the, um, the cinnamon spiced vodka pear cider that I just made for my um, second October cocktail. Uh-huh. Honestly, it looks more like a winter cocktail, <laughs> but you can, oh, that's you a can hot make one? that. No, it's a cold one, but you can make it hot. Right, like, because mm. you can you make the cider. Like it's, I was reading it mm-hmm. earlier and I was like, yes, please. It's up but, this one is honestly probably the best one I've made. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, that was gonna so be my next good. question. It's so good. I could have drank like ten of them, but I won't. You know, I mean, no judgment. And they look it's beautiful. Fine. You like photo? You stylized them beautifully. I feel like to me. <laughs> we should have uh, we should have given like a, a warning earlier. Like we are not doctors. We're not suggesting any like. Drink responsibly, moral up. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> everyone needs wild. to, everyone's bodies, especially if you have type one, um, react differently to alcohol. And, you know, sometimes you need those carbs. So a low carb cocktail might not work for you. But as long as you know what you're putting in your body and you're drinking responsibly and checking on your sugars, everything, there's always a way to have some safe cocktail fun. So yeah. just. Exactly. There's a world, there's a way. Yeah. My, it's so funny. So before I went, so my brief history was drinking. Um, <laughs> before I went to college, I met with my endocrinologist and both my parents were in the room and he basically was like, okay, so when you're in college, you're going to order a Jack and Coke, regular Coke, because the alcohol will bring your blood sugars down and the regular Coke will bring, you know, will level them out. Mm-hmm. And my dad always jokes that, you know, my doctor taught me how to drink. <laughs> but I love a, it. I'm jealous. In a way, I I it's so true that everyone is different because mm-hmm. I know like when I went to teen camp, 
when I was younger. So teen diabetes camp from the Nevada Diabetes Association. Um, you know, we really talk about more like real adult things at teen Mm -hmm. camp because we're getting to that age. And if you don't learn about drinking when you're with other diabetics, you know, at, in a, in an environment like that, like when are you going to safely learn how to do that? So obviously yeah. we didn't we didn't drink at teen camp, but we like talked about it, you know. <laughs> Which is so yeah. nice to have that outlet, yeah, to understand yeah. those things and and be given that information. And so a lot of people were like, a lot of you know the older counselors were like, I have had very very scary lows after a night of drinking, and so I like went into college thinking like okay, I'm, I'm going to drop so low. Like if I have a lot of drinks tonight or Mm -hmm. if I go out with friends or whatever, and that really was never the case for me. Um, I, I rarely see a low in the middle of the night from drinking. And I went to college, like I had my fair share, you know, doing too much. So it's so interesting that my body just doesn't react as similar and maybe it was like the types of alcohol or you know whatever I'm sure my my blood sugar does go down but I've just never seen it as drastic as I was warned about Mm -hmm. um and I think that is a big reason why I do prefer to not have carbohydrates in my drinks like I will always prefer a low carb cocktail or a drink and then I will eat dinner with the drink and then make sure that I have obviously Mm -hmm. that solid base in there but yeah. That's so interesting. I feel like I was never really um oh, another shameless plug. Check out our Healthline interview to hear more <laughs> about this. Um but I my foray into drinking cuz I was diagnosed with type 1 my sophomore year of college. So, it wasn't actually until the beginning of my junior year of college that I was properly diagnosed. But I hadn't really so I was new to diabetes and to drinking cuz I didn't really start drinking until junior year which I could have I could go on about personal regrets with that because then I then I had diabetes with drinking (laughs) but um I found that I to this day drop a lot when I drink and And I started off with gin I'm sorry go ahead Miriam I was gonna say what's interesting with you Emily is because I think you've also mentioned you drop like quickly like soon after drinking whereas for me it's always been like eight hours later I'll drop a little bit And I think that I am always, um, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I don't typically eat while drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, you know, especially in college when I was going out with my friends, like I would have dinner like in the dining hall at like 6 p.m. And then we would go out and I mean, I'd like have some snacky things, but nothing like more than like a few, this sounds like. I have disordered eating, but I just wouldn't <laughs> eat that much. Like, you know, I'd have my dinner and then I'd go out with my friends and I would go out at like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. And so at that point, I really didn't have that much in my stomach because it had been like six hours. I'm not good at math, but bear with me uh, since I had had that much food. So I would start dropping and also like the walking involved yeah. even now in New York like if you're bar hopping well not mm-hmm. now because no one's going out now but um <laughs> back in the day any type of exercise company accompanied by alcohol plus the fact that I mm-hmm. hadn't really had a lot of food would the alcohol would not only just like make me drop within like two hours but I to this day will see the effects for up to I'd say even like 18 hours after, really? like I, it's, it, it's not, it's not 
bad. It's, it's just, just something I used to be aware of. Like and lowering your basal rate sort of thing. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. And that's something that loop really helped me with um, doing the DIY looping because it'll just start docking my basal or mm-hmm. I have like a um, a program set for like when I start drinking mm-hmm. to like the next day for like oh, 24 awesome. hours, um, which is great. But I found that I really needed when I first started out with diabetes and drinking, I needed those really carby drinks. But now I almost prefer not to have the carby drinks because it's easier for me to figure out like if I have like six glucose tabs versus yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, and the the drinking isn't necessarily that big of a factor mm-hmm. carbs wise. So exactly. Like, it's like one less confounding factor that you're throwing into right. this somewhat unpredictable system. Yeah. Sometimes so, I feel like I'm just too lazy to notice if I, like, I probably, like, I'm thinking about I, it now, I don't think so. And I did drink a little bit last night. It was a Saturday night. And <laughs> I definitely woke up at, like, 98 and then have been, have been pretty, blood sugar has been hanging out around the 90s and 80s today so far. So right. Maybe like it does affect me, but I just think it's just not as drastic. Not as dramatic. As, right. Yeah. But then, like, yeah. Not that I. I mean, I feel like I get hangover so much more easily now because you know. I'm oh wow! Old. I see. But, that's something uh, that I like have never even. That's so interesting that you get to compare that. Like Miriam and I can't do that. That's so yeah, true. It's so she true. Was Very true. At age six. <laughs> exactly. One <laughs> <laughs> back margaritas. I mean, for those who are pancreatically capable listening, wondering what a hangover feels like compared to like a low blood sugar, high blood sugar, let me tell you, a hangover feels like a high blood sugar and being drunk kind of feels like a low blood sugar except plus hanger or just overall crappiness. Um, but yeah, no, it's wild. I can I can tell the nausea is from certain, you know, like it's, I think that there are a lot of pros to being diagnosed later in life, mm-hmm. but we always... Somehow we always go back to that topic on this podcast. Always. It's actually funny that you mentioned that comparison, though, with, like, the hangovers and feeling drunk. Because I remember as, like, a young teenager before I was drinking, you know, I didn't really drink until college, when people would describe what, like, feeling drunk felt like, I'd think to myself, that sounds like a low blood sugar, and it sounds awful. Like, why do people do that? (laughs) Totally. Well, it's true. I feel like I kind of equate... Um, not equate, but there's definitely a similar feeling. And I check my blood sugar so much more, not because yeah. I know that I'm, you know, so sensitive to alcohol, but mostly because can't I can't trust tell. It. Yeah. I just can't tell. Um, yeah. Tell so me for- about it. Going to college without a Dexcom. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine. Oh. Same. Like I, I, I don't know how I did be- it. Right? Like it kind of blows my mind that I survived because I know such so much more about my diabetes at this stage of my life than I did back then so it's like mm-hmm. pure miracle that I did not end up in the hospital same and I just like always came home and somehow had my insulin with me still never lost right it. Like, how did that happen <laughs> I don't even remember getting home the diabetes <laughs> gods have been on our side honestly it's uh it's Nick Jonas he's been looking out um but to wrap up this episode, for anyone who's listening who is under the age of drinking or who doesn't want to drink or who is scared of drinking, I just feel like one thing I wish that I'd known earlier on in my diagnosis was that I can do a lot of things that I was told I couldn't or was told or maybe I internally felt like I couldn't. And I think that if there's anything that 
Ariana can teach you and this episode should teach you it's that as long as you're doing things safely you can still partake in all the same things that you wanted to before your diagnosis so absolutely I have had uh, so many messages of people saying oh I just I'm scared to have a drink you know I was just diagnosed and I don't know what my blood sugar is gonna do and you know as long as what I I just think yeah First of all, don't let your diabetes stop you from doing things that you want to do. You're fully capable of taking care of yourself if you have the right tools to do so. So if there's a Friday night at home and you want to have a glass of wine, just eat it, have it with dinner, check your blood Mm -hmm. sugar beforehand, check your blood sugar 20 minutes after, like do the experiment and see how you feel because you're not going to ever be able to feel comfortable doing it unless you try. Exactly. As long as you're prepared, <laughs> all yeah, about you like need to be prepared and um, also speak to your doctor if you yeah. are worried. Like at the end of the day, they're supposed to work with you, and doesn't really matter how old you are. If you're saying I want to do something safely, they need to be able to speak mm-hmm. to you about that. So, or message message someone in the diabetes community. Yeah, but they shouldn't be giving you no, 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 not medical like, advice. No, just to clarify, I don't want any angry moms to message us. Yeah, <laughs> not like that. But I'm just saying, like, if you're scared, not necessarily drinking, but if you like, you know, you're like, oh, I've never, you know, I haven't traveled yet with my mm-hmm. diabetes. Like, right. what do you pack? Like, the community is a a great um, way, resource. yeah, a resource for any questions that are not medical advice. <laughs> Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Uh, I'm gonna wrap up before we get into any legal troubles. So, um, <laughs> everyone, Ariana, thank you so much for bearing with us in this cluster of a beginning. But I'm glad that we got all the points that we wanted to make across. Yeah, You're an angel. So much fun. Always. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I swear to God, we did not. We were not drinking when this was recorded. This was just a manic Sunday. Oh, well, we should next uh, time. That might be fun. Honestly, oh yes. yes. So check out Ariana on her Instagram at Ariana Frere and check out her bachelor highlights and recaps because that is always a fun time. So good. Um, Which we said last time that we would do like an episode on the bachelor, but we never did Ariana. So we got to, we got to talk about that. I'll be back. I'll be back again. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll be a lot more coherent. Um, So follow her on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals. Follow us on Facebook at pancreas pals PP. Email us at pancreas pals one, two, three at gmail.com. And be sure to uh, check out Ariana's page and cup of OJ and her amazingness and her cute, cute dogs and lovely boyfriend to go a team. Um, and that's about as much talking as I can do for one day. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Thanks, Ariana. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great time. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Miriam. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>